I mean, this is such a glamorous place, isn't it, the LBH? <laughs> yeah. uh, you just have to imagine we're on the quarter deck of Indomitable at this <laughs> moment. Uh, it takes a lot of imagination. I'm here with, with three able seamen, at least that's their story, and they're sticking to it. Duncan Rock. Hello. Playing Donald. You know, that was Tom Allen's debut at the Royal Opera House. Do you know what? I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah, yeah. fantastic. There you are. A that's piece of information. Give you something to feed on. Wow, yeah. um, Nicky Spence. Who's a novice? Yes, not been able. For a good flogging. Yes, it's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> and Benedict Nelson, who plays the title role in David Alden's uh, new production, Billy Budd. Um, can we talk a little bit, guys, about um, the Young Artists Program, which is now called uh, the, the Harwood Artists Program, or ENO Harwood Artists Program, to be precise? Um, celebrating Lord Harwood's legacy over, what, 40-odd years with, mm. with the company. Can you tell me how each of you came to come on board the scheme and uh, where you were when you were invited? Um, Nikki, let's start with you. Well, I was uh, training at the National Opera Studio, as we all three actually did, and it happened that I was singing quite a bit at the studio and John McMurray came to hear me quite a few times throughout the year mm-hmm. and kind of kept an eye on all of us. And then this uh, role came up in Two Boys, which I did last year. And that seemed the perfect kind of opportunity for me to get welcomed into the company. There were some other little bits and bobs to do as well, but they didn't um, come off because of scheduling and things. And then I was kind of embraced into the company at that point. And then we talked about future parts and roles and then very much felt nurtured from there on in. So I think it's a kind of selected kind of yeah, position. Two, two Boys, such a great show, I thought. Um, Duncan, you're, so you were Opera Studio as well, so it was the same sort of thing. Were, were you invited, each of you, at the same time? or No, well, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm actually a newbie. This is my first production with English okay. National. Um, but I auditioned for Donald over a year ago, actually, and similar to Nikki, I was at the studio at the time, and they'd seen something, and I sort of out of the blue, got an email asking if I want to come audition. And I was very excited. I'd done the Michael, Gra- the Michael Grandage production of Billy Budd at Glyndebourne uh-huh. the year before, uh, saying Novice's Friend. So I was very excited. And then I, I, I got a call about a week later asking if I would do the role, but also if I would cover Billy and also be part of this young artist program, mm-hmm. um, which I hadn't heard too much about. I knew, obviously, like Nikki and Ben, and they were part of it already. Um, but it has been a, a real sense of it's very nice to finish training, but still feel there's a bit of a base, or a bit mm. of a home. Um, and that's how certainly how I feel in the Harvard programme. And there's no tokenism about this programme. You know, they really are serious about giving major roles in the company to people from the programme. And you look at the 12 in the programme already, and they're terrific names there. Um, ben, you've already had a great showing in the company with, you know, um, Belcore and Demetrius in, in the Midsummer Night's Dream, and now the title role in Bud. Um, I mean, that's, it's kind of unusual. Most times the Young Artist Programme, at best you might get a minor role at some point. I, I think that's right. I think it's, it's, it's where the, the, the benefit um, of, of being, being here at ENO on this programme lies. And it's, it's what sets it apart from other schemes, like you say, with... Uh, with other houses, young artist programs that you tend to to cover um, and 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 do small roles, and I know John's very much of the opinion that that's what, while that can be can be good for you to to get out there and, and do things, doing small roles, doing 
uh, spearsmen from the left and, and, and tiny bit parts it isn't going to help you develop and that's really what this is about and so they, they do they, they take the gamble they put big opportunities in front of you um, like these roles like, like the, the roles we've all got coming up mm. um, and that's, uh, that, that raises the bar for you that pushes it, you to a Is there flexibility built into the scheme so that you can actually accept engagements elsewhere? Oh yeah, oh, yes. mm. they're, they're very good about that which is great because, I mean, it's not a salaried position, although we're heavily supported in coaching and other kind of input. So it's great that we can go off and get experience. They're really trying to nurture you as a whole artist. So if there's an opportunity for you to go and sing, you know, in Venezuela or whatever, you know, you can go off and do that and you come back as a more rounded artist. You know, they liaise with lots of different opera companies and things. So I think it works. Yeah, and coaching is a valuable asset as well. Oh, I mean, it Coming out of coming out of educational institutions, like we all, we all followed pretty much the same route. We were yeah. guilt all together, and then went to the the NOS. Coming out of that, suddenly, uh, I mean, firstly, trying to find work is it's it's a struggle for, for for every young musician. And having the time to continue developing, having singing lessons, having coaching, mm-hmm. um, is I mean, that's a that's a big pressure. There's one to thing have that taken away is is, is well, one, one thing you have in abundance, particularly the the opera studio is tons and tons of coaching and almost so much that it's almost too much but then a lot of singers find it just stops and all of a sudden you're just doing but you know like Ben says that the continued development is is very important and it's I think something that would be easy to let fall by the wayside where mm-hmm. you stop developing you just you, all you do is, is sort of do the jobs mm-hmm. um, but to be able to continue working with the repertoire yeah and and presumably John McMurray because he's got a very good ear and eye he keeps a close watch on you all and sees how you work with the company Absolutely. how you develop with the company a great deal of and, and does he sit down <laughs> at the end of each run or whatever and then say look I've got this in mind for you next season or how does it work how does the casting work I can only speak for myself but there's you know John's, John's very much involved on a, on a, on a personal level he, he'll talk to us and, uh, and with our agents as well and we, we talk about what's what would be good to go for next? What would be best? It's funny because I was talking the other day to Stuart Skelton, who mm. of course has worked with the company a bit, and Stuart said it's the only company in the world he's worked for where at the end of a run, John or someone will come in and say, look, we've got this in mind maybe for a couple of seasons ahead and how do you feel about it? And he said and it's such a good way of... I mean, he said it's such an incentive that he always you know, is inclined to say yes. It's 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 absolutely you know, when you're in your best mood. Yes, it's the most vulnerable it's, it's, post performance it's, it's, you, because you've been asked. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's, and it's, been asked face to face. It's, it's such just, a privilege. And it, yeah, yeah. I mean, is there a? Um, I mean, you're all going to say no, but is there an element of competition uh, <laughs> among you guys on the scheme to see? You know, gosh, you know what's coming up in in the operas that are on you know down the road. Is there? Is I think there, we're all unique enough to. To just be comfortable it, to develop in our own way, and um, everyone's at a different stage, a different age, um, yeah, from a di- different background. So I think, and, uh, I certainly feel there's there's <laughs> enough. Yeah, well, there's enough. There's enough going on that we all, yeah. and as you as you would see in, in the season program, we've all got enough to be very very happy. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's really um. Well, so I don't feel that. No, way, I think but. it's true, <laughs> and it's so diverse. The the actual type of voices and characters mm. stage persona wise are so diverse and the things which Ian O do are so different yes. and, and so I think that 
with the programme, they've always got longevity in mind. So to somebody, they might think, okay, well, in five years, we can see you doing this. Mm. So let's build a stepping stone programme to get you there kind of thing. Whereas there's a massive pressure when you leave college now to kind of be, you know, you just have to say yes to everything because you're so thrilled to be getting work, mm. which can be really dangerous and, you know, can be a bit of a vocal graveyard later on. So without giving away too many secrets, um, you've obviously been in rehearsal a little while now. What is David doing with this piece what is his you know I've heard it's very physical so there's that sense of testosterone and you know a, a working ship but what what other ideas are coming through at the moment that you can reveal it's I mean it's, it's obviously very it, it's good to keep the pressure cooker on we don't want to spoil it for you yeah. but um, he's 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 much more interested in the relationships between these extraordinary characters the um, sort of paragons of light and darkness and, yes. and their interactions um, and the, 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 the moral turmoil that, that Veer goes through than he is in putting it on a 1797 man of war. Mm. Um, it is on a boat, we can say that. It's on a boat, which we're all very happy about. There's always uh, um, an undertow in Britain's operas about the loss of innocence and about objects of innocence. And I think Billy, uh, in this piece, is is a depiction of innocence in a different yeah. way, you know, this kind of... But he's also an object of desire and beauty and all those things coming into the piece. The relationship I think is most interesting is with Claggett and Billy. Mm. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, what do you feel about that relationship? What, what's your take on that? Well, it's, it's very much, it, like, as David said on the first day, which was a great relief to find out that your, your ideas match the directors. And it, it, with, as with all Britain pieces, there, there are these undertones of, um, of allegory. And it, you, the decisions about whether you bring them out or not, of, of, of what you face in the rehearsals, and whether you leave them as the subtle undertones there are. There's always these huge homoerotic suggestions all the time, particularly about Claggett and Billy. Mm. Um, is it a sort of violent sexual desire? Is it? I mean, it, does the hatred you can't really escape come? that? No, no, it's, it's absolutely it's there in the piece, It's yeah. definitely there. It's there in the novel. Yeah. It's um, this, uh, you know, this need to destroy it. it, it I mean, it, it 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 comes from a very uh, sexual place. But then, how overtly you you portray it um, is um, is is open for debate. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think, I think it's there. It's there. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. It doesn't need to be pointed out. I think mm. we, we can give the audience more credit than that. You can, you can have it there mm. um, as a question, which is what which is what Britain brings it. And that unspokenness is is uh, is a powerful part of these Britain operas. Mm. Um, you know, um, uh, talking to David McVicker about Turn of the Screw, um, and so much is unspoken in that piece, but in his production. Um, at the end of the first act where the boy Miles kisses the governess on the lips and says, you see, I am bad. Um, you suddenly, as an audience member, think, well, what did go on between that child and Quint and Jessel mm. and their sort of goings-on? And so things like that suggestion is, is powerful, but then the odd moments where it becomes more than suggestion, I can't believe David isn't going to come up with one or two of those. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll have to wait and see, I'm afraid. Um, yeah. uh, he's, it's, it's, done, it's done very cleverly. Yeah. And what I think is interesting as well about, in the same as Turn of the Screw, with that kind of regimented governess feel, 
in this kind of hierarchy, kind of rules kind of go out the window in a way because it is such a pressure cooker of power and of um, desire and things. And so the playing field can almost expand completely because your rules of general life and, you know, your character interaction kind of get heightened in every way. So I think that that's a real gift mm. for the, the production team and for us. Mm. Now, um, another aspect of the company spirit here is the, the leadership of Edward Gardner, um, who I think it's been an inspired choice for music director because he really has once again generated this sense of company pride. Um, and, um, and with a piece like this, he's probably already very actively involved in rehearsals, I, I imagine. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Always there. So, yeah. Absolutely. Even if you had the show the night say, before. Even, even if you had Dutchman the night before, or that night, he's still he's there with us, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is amazing, actually. I actually don't quite understand how he manages to do it. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's boundless energy. It's, it's limitless. Yeah. It's and it was always the exciting thing about working, this is the, the second or third time I've worked with Ed, and he, his, his enthusiasm for it is almost childlike itself. It's, there's quite a lot of Billy I think I can take from Ed. He's so enthusiastic, yes. so passionate about, yes. uh, about, about the music and has, uh, has such great musical instincts about it. It's, yes. it's infectious. It's Isn't it interesting music. in the piece that, that, you know, that it is kind of the worst aspect of human nature that, that people always want to put down people who have got it all, who, who are hugely enthusiastic and self-confident and all those things that yeah, Billy yeah. is and they always people always want to put them down mm. isn't that a weird aspect of human nature mm. yeah. be it jealousy or be it just you know because they think they're too cocky or you know he's got too much confidence we'll you know give yeah. him he's too good well, this is Dansko says about it he's, he's too, too good that's his problem so what what um, for, for you, for you all, do you know yet what what's coming up next season? Um, uh, and uh, you know, Nikki, what? Well, um, I'm not actually here for the next kind of whole season. I'm off doing my debut as Tamino up the road in my homeland in a new production <laughs> with Sir Thomas Allen. Smashing, which will be fun. And yes. then I'm I'm doing a, a a job with Ben doing this uh, Tristan and his order up up north as well. And I'm doing Dutchman up there and some things from Grange Park and further afield across the pond but I'm not really allowed to talk about that it's wonderful that that Tom is Tom Allen is is um you know I didn't I didn't know that you were doing that but when I mentioned that Duncan you know that the role you're playing he made his debut at the Royal Opera House but um it's great that he's directing because he's got such a well he's got that wealth of experience but he's also so articulate about Mm. conveying what all that experience Passing on all that experience. Absolutely, and he's a, a archetypal kind of singing actor. You know, everything, the uh, economy of his direction, I can imagine, is going to be so kind of um, genuine and will ring true and serve the production completely because he knows the music so well as well. So that'll be fun. But back to you, know. <laughs> Duncan. What, what, uh, well, I'm here for the rest of the year, actually. Right. Um, I'm doing uh, Papageno in the apparently final... Uh, revival of and Nicholas Hyde's Magic Flute. Oh, that's a ball! That should that's be great. Such a... um, so that's great to be. It feels quite special to be part of that list of people who have been involved in that production. Mm. And then uh, the new Carmen at the end of the year, I'm involved in. And then uh, back to Glyndebourne, uh, 
uh, next year, which would be nice. And you, Ben, um, uh, well, you've well, had I'll... a good meal here. And I have, care. I have. I've fed well. <laughs> um, uh, so I'll, ne- I'll next be back here for Jonathan Millard's barber mm-hmm. um, in, the, in January, I think. Um, which I think is the debut for me in that that role. And like Billy, it's a sort of it's a, a terrifying but exciting. Well, thank you, thank, thank you, you guys, thank you. and uh, yeah. I look forward to this um, uh, exhibition of testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> I know.